You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Hey, y'all. I'm Sam, and I'm excited to be back hosting for GCX 2022. Room blocks are still available at the beautiful Rose and Shingle Creek in Orlando, Florida. So book now with our discounted link and stay in the same space as the event so that the fun never has to end. Well, I mean, that really couldn't be more convenient. Go to gcxevent.com slash Rosen to learn more. Hey, coffee drinkers. Are you tired of the same old morning routine? Well, check out the Roaster's Choice subscription from kingscoastcoffee.com. The Roaster's Choice is an ever-changing, fresh new take on coffee. It's a great way to try some of the most diverse and exotic offerings from around the coffee world. So head on over to kingscoastcoffee.com and shake up the way you wake up. Welcome to episode 24 of the Old Fashioned Podcast. We're a week late on the Castlevania stuff because Mike and I got caught up with work, and this is more fun than work. So, uh, Mike, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. It's Friday. Oh, thank God for Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. But uh, uh, George is in town this weekend, so... oh. Oh, that's this weekend? Yeah, George. If you don't know George, uh, he runs uh, Leviathan Core, which is a company that we work with all the time, that I worked with as an influencer as well. Uh, and uh, George has been uh, instrumental in helping GCX from since its inception, honestly. Uh, and George is coming to town to visit, say hello, talk business. So I'm I going out George. with him and Mindy tonight. I'm going out with him, Tim, and Ben tomorrow. And then Sunday, we're going to the Bucks game. Mm-hmm. Because the Bears are playing, and George is from Chicago, so not Bears, uh, not Bears, not Bears. So that's that's what I'm up to this weekend. My wife is upset, Mike, because she's like, "Wait, we're not going out to eat or anything this weekend." I'm like, "I have spoiled you, spoiled." <laughs> oh, get this. Okay, you'll enjoy this. So you know how we do Disney? We do it big. We do it, you know, short, two three day trips, but we we go for the good stuff. It seems like the appropriate way to do it. Yeah, that's that's my feeling. So I had booked for mid-December because I wanted to go and see like the Christmas decorations and all that stuff. Okay. So I'd booked for mid-December. Uh, I had to change that because our annual passes are blacked out for that weekend. That's the beginning of the blackout, which is fine because you don't want to go there those weekends anyway. It's just crazy busy. Hmm. So I was like, all right, I'll move it to the weekend before. And Disney's great about that. They don't charge or anything as long as you have you know credit there from your original purchase they'll apply it to the change okay so i change it and we're not going to stay at the hotel we want to stay at we want to stay at wilderness lodge with the big christmas tree in there we can't they're full so we're going to stay that place is incredible i know i know and then the lobby they do a huge christmas tree all the way up to the ceiling so uh we can't stay there so we're going to go stay at yacht club i don't think i don't know if you've been at yacht club nope uh yacht club's really nice very nautical and you know uh, it's one of the nicer ones. You can see if you have the right room, you can see the fireworks at Epcot. It's on the lagoon behind Epcot. It's gorgeous. Anyway, so my wife's like, oh, we're not staying at Wilderness Lodge anymore. I'm like, we're staying at Yacht Club. You love Yacht Club. And she's like, oh, well, I really wanted to see the Christmas stuff at Wilderness Lodge. I'm like, I do too, but this is the best we can do this year. We'll try again next year. <laughs> then my son, who's seven, 
who has stayed at the Riviera the last three times he's been to Disney, which is like their Mediterranean-style Italian-French combo resort, yeah. goes, oh, we're not staying at Riviera. I'm like, you oh. are all spoiled. I have been Dad. too good to you when it comes to Disney. I'm going to start. We're going to start staying at the Hilton outside of Disney if you <laughs> keep this shit up. Because this is ridiculous. So <laughs> keep it up. Yeah, keep it up and see what happens. <laughs> you want to stay at a Universal Resort? Actually, I hear they're actually I hear they're really nice, but I haven't been to one yet. Um, so that was that. Thought you'd enjoy that little that little anecdote. Uh, oh man, of my spoiled family. Too good to them. So yeah, no dinner this weekend, and my wife's like, "Oh, okay, I'll miss you." I'm like, "I'll miss you too," but I, I, you know, got want to talk business with George. Um. Uh, as always, this episode is brought to you by Kings Coast Coffee. I am drinking some right now. Um, Same. Placed it another order recently. I uh, everyone asked me why I'm not on subscription because I changed my mind about what kind of coffee I want, and I don't want to have to bug people for. Uh, changing my subscription because I don't have access to the subscription system, so I just manually order every time I need coffee. So that's, that's why. Yeah, we just uh, just I think we're done with uh, tequila reserve. I think we sold out. We got more cocoa coming. They announced uh, the retro Cyber Monday roast is coming back this year, so stay mm. tuned. Good stuff. Also, if you're ordering anything for Christmas, I highly recommend you order it sooner than later because supply chains are just absolutely fucked right now. Um, so go to kingscoastcoffee.com. Outside of King's Coast, I also, if you're ordering gifts for family and friends and you want to hand them to them on Christmas Day or Hanukkah or whatever holiday you celebrate, I highly recommend ordering them and shopping now because uh, this is not the year to go shopping on December 22nd and hope to have it Christmas Day. This is it's just not possible. So, yeah. Have you noticed anything in like the supermarket? Oh, you don't go to the supermarket as I found out on your last trip. <laughs> True. Although, although, uh-huh. I pulled a Kevin. Oh, yeah? I did. So when we came back shortly after, I took the boy camping. Went camping with my buddy. And um, just you and him? His friends. Hmm? Just you and him? Just me and him. Oh, that's adorable. So. We went camping. At, oh, I say just me and him. It was me and him and then my buddy and his son mm -hmm. and then his two or three friends from high school. Is this your gym lover and his? Yes, kid? my gym lover. Yes. Okay. So love him. He's such a such a good dude. Such a good guy. I bet you do. So, I do. So he invited <laughs> us up. It was a good time. His friend has like 17 acres up on the mountains. Oh, that's it was awesome. a blast. It was a blast. I mean, incredible land. His home was beautiful, but we, because he has so much land, you know, he takes his side by side and we just take everything back into the woods and unpack it and get camp all set up. It was awesome. Anyways, beforehand, I don't want to be the guy that's mooching off everyone, right? Yeah. It always feels crappy. Yeah. So we went to the store and I was, took Grayson grocery shopping with me and I was like, all right, what do you want to eat? I don't know. Cheez-Its, big Cheez-Its. Like, okay, what else do we want? Cheez-Its. So we got like eggs. Uh, Quaker makes these awesome like little mini rice cakes. But they're, they're caramel. Delicious. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've had those. They're very so we got good. a ton of shit. And then I pulled a Kevin and I got flowers too. Mm, and the Kevin learned. method is a method for success. So... Chat, if you're out there listening, 
Uh, and your grocery store should have a section where they sell flowers. Uh, for your significant other, if they enjoy floral arrangements, because some don't, uh, I highly recommend anytime you go to the grocery store, coming back with flowers. Uh, it is a very nice gesture. My wife loves it uh, to the point where if I go twice in a week, she's got all these flowers all over the house and she loves it. So you're welcome, yes. Mike. Allie said, you know, when she heard that, she immediately subscribed to the Kevin method. Yep. And I said, OK, that's fair. I subscribe to the wards, rewards of the Kevin method. Yeah, that was smart. So just, you know, I'm glad you benefited from it. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a give and take thing, marriage. And yeah, if you give, it was also beneficial because like stuff I've been asking, like, I'm like, oh, go, I'll put this on the list for like a year. Finally was purchased. Nice. Nice. We just bought a, I, I, I think they were talking about when you're here, the rug. For the living room because my wife hates the one that her mom bought us i remember you t uh, she was mentioning she was over the rug yeah so yesterday it was uh the new one's on sale we must buy it now i'm like all right fine and then it's like 150 dollars in shipping what the hell what? is, it, what? Being, what? is what? it being walked through the front door on like four camels or something mm -hmm. like where is this coming from i don't know how so, big is this rug it's an area rug for the living room so it's got to go how under big? the couches the couch the love seats the, the coffee table all the way up to like right where the tv console is why does it cost that much to ship i don't freaking know mike she said it's i have normal. a really bad relationship with area rugs i don't like spending money for the most part so this Fair. was a uh uh but then she she you know i i'm ripping apart the old studio building it back up as a livable space slash studio and i was like you know we can we can do this in phases so we're not paying for it all at once um we just paid off all our credit card debt so i uh i was like we could use one of the credit cards you know with the low interest and you know charge it charge a contractor pay it off and then bring the next one in she's right. like oh we want to bring the credit cards net back now huh this was before <laughs> she bought the rug she was like oh you 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 could do that for this room but not I'm like, oh, my God. OK. <laughs> so Dude, I've had to buy the same damn area rug three times because <laughs> she loves it. Oh, I hate or, or it was something happened to it and it got ruined and she had to buy a new one or just some just I'm over area rugs. So over them. Speaking of area rugs, Castlevania season four. <laughs> Perfect transition. I'm sure there's rugs in Dracula's castle that are classic and 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 well put together. Um, yes. So my first reaction to Castlevania is this: is that so many people were like, "Oh, it got canceled," and usually the implication of "Oh, it got canceled" means the show's going to end on some shitty cliffhanger and you're never going to get resolution from it. Mm -hmm. That is not the case with this at all. Not at all. The show not ended, in my all. opinion, and ended very well. It ended as I mean, it left me wanting more. Of course, I want more because it was such a good show. And you'll get more. It, it just won't be, you know, that story. Exactly. I couldn't ask for really a better ending. No. no. I thought it was great. Um, the biggest thing, yeah, and we're not going to talk about any particular order. We're just going to kind of spitball about the season. But the biggest thing, what did you think about, like, the Grim Reaper was the enemy the entire time for the most part? So... I liked 
I didn't like how it how Dracula was kind of just a puppet and the puppet master type thing. But they also kind of hinted but, at that by saying Dracula really just wanted to be left alone and peaceful with his right, wife. It, well, yeah, yes. So I never, but, I never actually took him as the antagonist of the show. I thought he was just incredibly misunderstood. I right, but in but the way I kind of interpreted it was death is the one that was kind of puppeteering all yeah. the religious folk. Yeah, I agree do, with that. To do all this stuff to then entice Dracula to respond in a specific way that he, death knew he would respond. So in such like in turn, he got played. Oh, you're saying he was a pawn in the larger game, not necessarily yes. a servant, but a pawn. Because death kept screaming like it was perfect, like he was going to bring death and destruction that was unprecedented. Yeah, because he was preparing to kill every human on the planet. Right. I can get behind that. I, yeah, so that I, makes sense. Like it just kind of felt. I don't know, like when you think of Dracula and, and every every iteration of Dracula you've ever seen, right? Like, yes blood-sucking killer but you definitely feel like like there's some sort of level of insane control and focus behind him and he just loses his shit in this at the manipulation of death which was cool but i don't know it just kind of felt i was like oh i don't know it kind of feels like he got played and so it feels bad to me the the vibe i got writing though Oh, yeah. And it left you with things to talk about, obviously. The the yeah. vibe I took away from it. Yes, I agree with you. He did get played. I 100% think that um, he was a pawn in a larger game. You know, almost om- almost a cosmic showdown. And I think... So, obviously, Simon didn't defeat death. Uh, well, let me rephrase. Simon didn't kill death. Uh, Trevor, not Simon. Trevor didn't kill death. He defeated death and pushed death back, but I don't think he ended death, if you will. Um, no. So on, on a cosmic scale of almost a deity or gods, death still stands above er- anything else we saw in the show. Um, you know, the show acknowledges the existence of the other side of which, you know, life, God, whatever you want to call it, uh, exists. Because even the the night creatures talk about, you know, there being a god in heaven and all that stuff. So taking that, we meet the inverse. Would future iterations explore, lack of a better term, the pantheon that exists within this universe? Are you speaking directly to um, like, will we see angels and, 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 and God in a future one? Since now we've seen death, night creatures and demons, night creatures. I would only expect to some degree there would be that element. And will it be like Diablo where they're not necessarily on the side of life? They have an an agenda. They're just in. It's not good or bad. It's kind of like lying on indifference. Like we humans are caught between this eternal war and struggle that really has right. nothing to do with us at the end of the day. Is it like that? Would that? Be so cool. Yeah, I mean, that, that's my question is, where do you go from there? Because you, you kind of, you jumped from Dracula to death. And right. that's, that's a huge jump in my opinion. <laughs> right. 
So uh, God and, and angels and heaven would be the next place to go, which would give you that Diablo 4 invasion of heaven vibe, if you will, or Diablo 3. Um, that would be a really cool direction to take it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the vampires. So the other thing is, is, you know, you think back to other vampire lore where they say if you kill the original vampire... You kill them all. Right. That doesn't exist in this universe, apparently. Didn't they touch on that, though? I think they said it, and I think they've dismissed it as, like, you know, folklore. Because Dracula is the original. Right. Uh, and he obviously dies at some point. We see him in hell in both season three and four. Uh, and, you know, the the other, other uh, vampires still exist. So, I don't know... I'm going to assume that's just a, a, a rumor or, or like they said, I think they did say that it was folklore. Mm. Um, one of the, one of the more, how, how did you feel about Lenore getting like a, a civilized death? I ended up really, really liking Lenore's character. I like the character. I still think she was a bitch. I, so, um, well, uh, what was her name? The other one. Which one? Um, the two the, lovers the, or the other one? Nope, the leader. Carmilla. Carmilla. Her death, I felt like, was perfect. Oh, her death was incredible, and she had the best fight with Isaac. That was possibly awesome. the best in the in the entire show but alucard with his sword kind of and at the end hard she to just decided like i'm just gonna i'm self-terminating yeah you're like, not you're, you're, you're not, not getting me the... i beat me yep 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 which i thought was for her character spot on just nailed it i don't i ended up really liking lenore's character by the end because i don't there they felt like there was this shift in her relationship with hector but was Between it forced season- by the fact that he swapped the rings onto her with Isaac? What's that? Was was it because she was remorseful or was it because of what her and Isaac, of what him and Isaac did and swapped it and now she was the slave? No, I think even before that there was, like, I think she genuinely started because you, you would see her hanging out with Hector when she didn't need to be there was no reason to spend time he clearly told her she was being annoying by being there as he was trying to craft his hammer and she but she wanted to be there so there was this like you could see for whatever reason there was this interest relationship forming beyond just like her this pet yeah idea I don't know. I got the feeling she started to develop feelings for Hector. And then beyond that, obviously, Hector developed feelings for her. Right. And it, it was just as as the end was setting up, I was like, awesome. This is actually going to turn into something like before you see the last episode. This is going to turn into something where everybody gets what they want. And before you know that, like you don't know that you don't know anything about Dracula. You don't know anything about death. Really? where um trevor is is heading but you know like okay hector's gonna be with lenore and isaac is is doing his own thing which he's choosing to do so that's a happy ending for him so it was all lining up well she decided isaac's happy ending to me was that he let go of his hate right he got his revenge and then he can he can 
I think the message with Isaac was that revenge and hate will cripple you and that he finally had reached a point where he could let go of that and move forward to whatever is next for him. He didn't have to, you know, he didn't have to complete Dracula's mission to, you know, have a life. That's right. kind of the vibe I got with, I, with Isaac. Which was a happy ending for him. Yep. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe just because the two of them just seemed like destined to just annoy each other forever. Mm-hmm. I, I actually wanted them to end up just being in that castle. Right. No, see, and I, I agree with you that like would have set up the future and been cool, but I also think that Isaac's better suited to, you know, release his night creatures and, you know, go oh, yeah, be a no, shepherd Isaac in the belongs... middle of fucking nowhere for the yeah. rest of his life. But Hector and Lenore in the castle. Yeah, yeah, I could see I could have seen that. I do think that it was better though that she she went out on her own terms for her sake. Um they did it the classic vampire I want to mm. see the sun. Yeah. And she the done classic in Lenore insulted Hector as she was going out. Yeah, and it's been done this in This is what you and, enjoy, you silly little dick. Yeah, so it's it was it was the most vampire uh side love story trope was having her and you, you ever notice too when they do that in vampire uh movies or tv shows the 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 bad ones always like burn up in the most painful and terrible and awkward Screaming, way Screaming, and it's just like yeah. instant decay like remember in blade when they take the one guy from the vampire council out to the beach and they take the helmet off of his head yep. and he just starts screaming and falling ground but then Suddenly when he takes there's a windstorm just blowing everything backwards right and then when he takes dracula's daughter out there it's like this peaceful like dusty like she just yep. floats away into the it was that and i thought that was hilarious because they always <laughs> do that always <laughs> It's like goodbye, cruel earth, and like just the f- nice. But then when it's someone that, you know, they're trying to make a point with, they're just screaming bloody murder. And maybe that plays into how the person takes it and, the, you know, their physical form uh, kind of represents that. I don't know, but it's just maybe. always funny. Um, so, yeah, I, I was happy the other two, I forget their names, uh, Striga and is it Zemphir? Dude, when she got her day armor out. Oh, my God. That was incredible. It felt like a video game. Oh, my God. That was awesome. It felt like a video game. I liked liked them by the end, and I did not want them to die or like I wanted them to go on together, go somewhere else. And, you know, because I think it was Zamfir. I I might be confusing them, but I'm pretty sure I got the right one right. I think is it Greta or Zamfir? Uh, I forget. Now I have to look. Striga, Castlevania. You, sem- you essentially you have the warrior and you have the logistics. Yeah, Striga's the warrior. I got that one right. What is her? Morana. Haha, <laughs> I messed that one up. Morana's her her lover. Um, I wanted Striga and Morana to to go run away and be together and not have to worry about. And they did. Yep. And that was what made me happy. Um. <laughs> You know, no one really had a bad ending except the people you wanted to completely get fucked, like Carmilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that, it was good and worth the watch. And just the blood in the room and the noise, and the they did a really good job with that. She was losing her mind by the end. Oh, like, yeah. Because, I mean... Complete bloodlust. Think about it. She was going crazy, killing all these night creatures, and what does Isaac do? He just keeps sending night creatures at her. 
Yep. He's like, I could do this all day. I have a ton. Yep. Um, so uh, that was cool. They delved a bit deeper into the night creature psyche because he has another conversation with the fly, the one that looks like a fly. Yeah, the the philosopher. Yeah, and he was asking him questions mm-hmm. um, about his existence and and all that stuff. So that got a bit philosophical, and that was that was a, a fun listen. The Barry conversation. Yeah, yeah, and that was the second time they had done that because in season three they have the conversation about his who he what he remembers and who mm-hmm. he was before. Um, I thought that conversation was going to turn south, and I thought that it was going to go in a complete different direction. I did too at first. It ended up being. I think it shows you the control that he has on them, though, too. That's true. Yeah. You know, even. But he also, to an extent, it also shows you that Isaac was willing to let them have free will to an extent. Right. And not be mindless. He was okay with them asking questions and and whatnot. So, again, it speaks to Isaac's character, who, again, I will reiterate, is the best character in the entire show. Um. Uh, Trevor and Saifa. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, before we go to them, Saint Germain, I thought it was so silly that it all stemmed from a woman. <laughs> After all of that, all it came down to was because he fell in love with this woman and she got trapped in there and he wanted her and back. He couldn't let it go. And that was it. Literally, and he, even at the end, he still didn't get closure on it. Nope. Even and, after all of that, he still didn't get closure. And he literally, like, he spent years playing the courts of Europe just to get to this point. It's it's just wild. It's that's all it was. And again, it it, it proves everyone says Castlevania at its core is a love story, one hundred percent. But there's also side love stories that you know I take really, place. I really enjoyed him in season three. I really disliked him in season four. He had a slightly redeeming moment when, which we'll talk about, I'm sure in, in a minute, but he had a slightly redeeming moment at the very end. But most of season four, I was just, I, I, I had such a dislike for him, especially as he's walking through the village and he's seeing the children play and he starts making the comments. Like basically I haven't had a good life. Why should it be? It's unfair to think they should have a good life. Also, what? Also, the what? The people from Targoviste and how they had gone underground, and you're expecting like this whole underground network, and it's just you know a crazy lieutenant and the dead king and queen propped up in the in the, the sewer throne room, which they allude to like I don't know half a dozen times. Yeah, they I keep, didn't pick they, up on it. Oh, really? They were like, show us. And she's hesitant to even show them. It's like, then they even question. I think Trevor even made a joke about them being dead or something like that. If I recall correctly, I don't, mm-hmm. there was some point where either him or uh, Sypha said something about them not being real or alive. Yeah. And, and he if was it's, right. it, if you go down there and just skeletons. And that so that leads into two the other two characters that we met. Uh, we met Varney, who turned out to be Death, which I think was one of the best twists of the entire show. Um, Varney's character was great as Varney. Varney also voiced by Malcolm McDowell, which blew my mind. Great character. But that also further proves that he was involved in in manipulating Dracula from the beginning. Right. He said he, he was going to bring him to introduce himself as part of the court, part of Dracula's court, part of Dracula's court. Right, and he he would not let that go. Like my job is to take Targoviste and right, 
blah 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 so yeah no they 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 that he existed well he was death but the varney part of that character existed to show you how deep the uh the deception had gone and then we had ratko which was the russian one <laughs> he was cool he was fun he was fun he didn't he didn't serve much of a purpose besides aiding in the deception and you know the buy-in but uh he was fun i, I enjoyed him uh and trevor's fight with him was cool too um Trevor's fight with death. It felt so video game esque. Mm-hmm. It felt like the final boss in a Castlevania game where like mm-hmm. the world is falling apart and you got to jump from piece to piece and, you know, hit him with the morning star, then hit him with this. And then the cross dagger thing that he found in the basement in Targaviste from the, uh, from the Royal family and uh, the boomerang. Sorry, not the dagger. The dagger was separate. <laughs> Which is as he's like piecing all these things together. It felt like a boss fight, though, where it was like this. You had to do this ritual to right uh, defeat the boss. And if you didn't do it in the order that it was supposed to be done, you know, it wouldn't work type of deal. That was how that fight felt. And it was like, you know, scene by scene. He finds this blue gem just randomly on this soldier. Yeah. Goes, yeah. Oh, pockets it. Finds this like hilt. Yeah. Oh. Felt like an RPG. Yeah. It was cool, though. It was. Uh, I like the fight. Um. Do you think he died and came back, or do you think he just survived? No, I think he survived. Okay, that's what I think, too. I, so, to play on that, or with St. Um, Germain, his redeeming moment was pulling him into the Infinite Corridor. Right. So, if he pulled him into the Infinite Corridor, he was alive just, just before, I guess, the attack landed or the explosion landed. Pulled him out before the crit, right? <laughs> yes, before the crit, before, exactly. Before the the what, what's the uh, the the before the enrage? <laughs> <laughs> before the enrage timer expires for you gamers out there, he uh, he pulls him into the infinite corridor, which leads me to believe he was alive and saved his life, especially because when the next time you see him, he is just completely riddled with injuries. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And then, uh, you know, finding out Sypha's pregnant, you know, who didn't really have a huge role was Alucard. He was kind of there as support. He did have the whole part with Saint Germain in Dracula's castle and the room and stuff. But overall, yeah. uh, he kind of took a backseat to everyone. But, you know, the happily ever after. Yeah. Come live in the in the castle. He, we'll build a community together. He and, definitely was a means to an end for the storyline. <laughs> And yet, in, if you go by the continuity of the games, Trevor and Sypha have two children. One of those children will become the parent of Christopher Belmont, who's the protagonist of The Adventure from 1989 and Castlevania II, The Belmont's Revenge. Um, in The Lords of Shadow, which is an alternate timeline, which the corridor, the infinite corridor, supports this theory. That's how, okay. Trevor and Sypha give birth to Simon, uh, and Simon is mirror of fate, and um, he's also the f- the first one, the 1986 original Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dude, and that, Simon's that, quest as well. That last episode almost had me angry until I saw the rider. Oh, I was you like, thought he was gone? Me? Are you kidding me? Everyone else gets a happy ending. Everyone else gets what they wanted. Except for those two. Well, he and also the rider appears. He had to live because he has to pass down the the monster hunting knowledge. 
But he didn't because they were turning the Belmont residents into a library to teach. Oh, I didn't so, pick that up. I knew they were turning into a library, but yeah, I didn't realize why. That makes sense. He could have died. The heir or his offspring could have that he could have been taught everything he needed to know through Alucard, Sypha, and the Belmont teachings in their hold. Right. So he really didn't need to be alive to continue it. Essentially, his lineage is carrying on. But I was I was no, no. You got yeah, they were ending, building though. up everything in the, uh, Alucard's library and everything left over in the Belmonts. They were going to build into this community. Right. But then the rider appeared. And then you were like, yes. Like, yes. So yes. putting it, putting a period on this. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of this show. Uh, I am not a fan of anime. And this has inspired me that I might want to watch some more anime between this and visions, um, which I told you I'm reading the, the Ronin book uh, from visions, by the way. Um, actually, I have the physical book because the artwork's too cool for me not to own, but I also have I have audible credits, so I grabbed it so I can put switch that, like, in a shadow. Well, I can switch between manually reading at night in my bed and listening to it in the car. Oh, you opened it. OK, never mind. Yeah, no, no, it, it came it came in a box. It was it was open. It wasn't wrapped or anything. So oh, I was going to say, are you going to put it in a shadow box and just let it sit it's with a light actually on it? right behind me? If you look carefully, uh, OK, next to there, it's right there. Master Chief and behind your. I just put that's it. I told you I was going to sneak stuff from my old office to my office. Chief was <laughs> Chief's helmet was the first thing. Don't you just look I, at behind me and you go. Bah, 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 bah. What, uh, what um, other shows are they trying to get you to watch? Well, well, finishing Castlevania. So, oh, for anime, you mean? Yeah, uh, I do want to try that other Netflix show. What's it called? The the Greek one um, at some point. Oh, oh OK. Uh, with the same animation team that did right. this. Um and there's a couple other other uh, shows, but I'm going to also talk to Nate and Paul and see. All right. If I like Castlevania and I love these episodes of Visions, give me an anime uh, for me and Mike to do. But before we say, like, what's next on the on the, that side of old fashioned them about Helsing. I've actually seen clips from Helsing. I think I would enjoy it. OK, cool. Because um, I would love to do that. Uh, what about you? Final thoughts, Castlevania? I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I can't wait for the next uh, the next show to drop the next Castlevania show. I think it's going to be as long as they continue with a lot of the same voice actors. It's how can it miss? Yeah, I agree. The um, I, I think it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. The first four seasons were phenomenal. Highly recommend. Do you think uh, it would be a, a very angry and bitter Dracula because his wife is gone at that point? For the next show? For the one, because the next one's the French Revolution, which is probably 500, 400 years in the future. I didn't think about that. Yeah, she's going to be gone. He's still going to be alive. And he'll probably be a bitter old bastard at that point. Or, I don't know, she escaped hell. Maybe they figure out a way to keep her alive. That's true. She is studying like alchemy and science and whatnot, so maybe they do. Or maybe he turns her. Or maybe they travel the infinite corridor and just, you know, boopy doop around we'll see we'll see it's exciting to think that you know we could see the return of alucard and dracula at minimum well and that's oh oh 
They mention that. They do? The very last scene where they're in the, the hotel, motel, tavern. Yes. Um, they even say, like, they want to see Alucard, but they they know he's not ready and they're not ready. But in the near future, very near future, they say we ha- we will meet with him again. Right. Which I think was more plans for season five, to be honest. Could have been. But it was knows? such a like they they could have cut that if that's not where it was intended. Right. That was such an easy thing to cut. Maybe they just wanted to leave it as like low hanging fruit. Maybe. Maybe. But that was cool to see them him just again cool calm and collected right like you would imagine him to be right someone who's experienced thousands of years yep so for next week for next week's old-fashioned dune mike and i are going to talk dune good luck trying yes. to stop us yes uh and yes. then i think the I'm week so after excited. that we'll do squid game okay so by then we should be done with squid game i haven't I'm, started I'm, yet I'm audrey just probably... finished it my oldest daughter she Squid just game? finished it. Yeah, she just finished it. And she was like, that was a trip, Dad. <laughs> All right. That you're watching Dune tonight, right? I'm going to watch Dune tonight. Yeah. So I'm going to watch Dune tonight as well. Yeah, I'm going to watch Dune tonight. Uh, I have a dinner meeting with George, and then I'm going to be like, sorry, can't hang out. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I know you flew halfway across the country, but you know, Dune came out. So, um, uh, And before, he's like, why don't you invite George over? Like, I could, but I don't know. He probably wants to watch it by himself too. Um, Twilight Zone. So uh, we're on out of the many episodes of Twilight Zone. We're taking uh, one of the lists I found kind of going down the list. So we're going to do three and four most popular. Uh, We did one and two last week. We did the monsters to do on Maple Street and time enough at last. Um, we're going to talk about Eye of the Beholder and Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Nightmare at 20,000 Feet might contain the most famous line in the history of the show. Uh, and then if you want to follow along for the final two that we're going to do for Halloween this year, uh, it's going to be It's a Good Life, Season 3, Episode 8, and To Serve Man, which is another one of the most popular episodes, Season 3, Episode 24. But that'll be next week, and then we'll pick this up again, probably like mid to late September next year, uh, and, and do some more episodes. But this year, those are the six that we're going to cover. Um, but let's start with Eye of the Beholder. Eye of the Beholder, also one of the most famous episodes in the history of Twilight Zone, um, tackles the the one of the, the themes that Twilight Zone really likes to go after um, is, and if you're following along, this is season two, episode six, uh, is the attack on the authoritarian dictatorships. Um, this is about 20, less than 20 years after world war two ended. So it's still fresh to a lot of people, you know, plenty of veterans, people lived through it, saw things. Um, so this is still very fresh to these people. Um, and this one deals with that. And it also touches on the idea of racism and the idea of those that are born less fortunate, um, whether it be handicaps, whatever it may be. And it really, it sends a message that in the sixties wasn't really widely accepted. Um, and this is one of the things where the show gets political, but keeps its sci-fi roots um, and really touts a point of view that was honestly not popular at the time. Um, so on a, on a, on a surface level, before we dig into Easter eggs and things like that, what are your thoughts on this episode, Mike? Wait, sh- share the title of it again with me. I, the beholder. 
It's the one where she's in the hospital and she's. Oh, yes. Yes. She, you Dude, don't see her face until the end. That one. Yes. You don't see anyone's Trippy. face until the end. Trippy. So, yeah, I mean, you have an episode where is, the first 15 is, minutes you don't see a face. Correct. What did you think overall? That was genius. Genius. The only the only person you see in proper lighting has bandages around their face. So you have no idea. Everyone yep. else is in the shadows and so you she, don't say anything else. And the entire time, you know, the whole thing is that she's deformed. She's deformed. She's deformed. Correct. And That's they can't fix hearing. it. They can't fix it. So at the end of the but episode, you could, it, you could read was coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I but, mean, you knew there was a twist somewhere with if, with the way they weren't showing anyone's faces. I think correct. the first time I saw it, I thought they were like aliens or something. Mm. I, I didn't know. Uh, but the big reveal is that she looks just like us. She looks like a normal human. Yeah, Everyone else in this in this universe um, looks like what our perception of someone that is deformed would look like. But in this universe, deformed quote unquote, I'm using that term in, in quotes, is the norm. And what we know as the norm is considered deformed. Mm. So it flips a mental switch. Now, the part about the political stuff that I was talking about is that when she's running, so they take the bandages off and they're like, oh, the surgery didn't work. And she's screaming and running through the hospital like a maniac because she's like, she just wants to be like everyone else. You know, this is this is very much too like a social media era warning as well. You know, right. the idea of I need absolute acceptance and things like that. So the big thing there is that the, the if you listen carefully, what the they call him leader uh, and they purposely yeah, make creepy. his hand movements resemble Adolf Hitler, by the way. Very uh, creepy. He did that on purpose. Uh, but he's saying, like, we must conform. There must be one social norm. There can only be, you know, that idea. And he, they, they do that in other episodes. It's not the only episode where they do that. But conformity, you know, no individuality. The state is, is, is law, blah, 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 blah. Um, and they really drive that point home, which I think a lot of people would resonate now with as well. So, um, again, this is one of those episodes that, in my opinion is 50 years ahead of its time and the world might not have been ready for it, or that this should be a great constant reminder throughout time that this is, this is a, 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 a sci-fi interpretation of a very real world threat and or threats uh, mm. to, you know, the good, the good of mankind. What else did you think about this one, Mike? Uh, I thought the cinematography was again insane. I thought I don't know why. I'm pretty sure, Kevin. I'm pretty sure we had a conversation, and I think it was you who mentioned this. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but seeing things this old, like you said, it was 20 years outside of uh, World War II. Mm -hmm. um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I could have sworn this was a conversation you had um, with one of your parents, and the question was. Today, looking at things the way everything is, was it was was everything always fucked up or it, was I just ignorant as a child and couldn't see it for what it was? Yeah, I asked my mom that question. Yeah. And I believe the response is no. I mean, it, it's yeah, you didn't realize. But no, it's kind of always been fucked up. My mom says that the world has always been fucked up and children generally, generally, because not every child benefits from this should be and most are sheltered from that side of things right um 
she would say now though that like america as a country has never been more divided um i could see that so but you know there was always terrifying things in the media and the news and whatnot it's something this something this old portraying that very you know real idea right kind of just gives that validity i think also one big thing about this and this is something i think we take for granted is that just because it is black and white doesn't mean it's this ancient concept i mean these shows came out about 20 something years before i was born a little bit less than 30 years before you were born mike that's not that long no we're farther away from that now than when we were born think about that you know so right in essence, that is relatively that's relevant information and feeling like a lot of the episodes in Twilight Zone deal with the threat of nuclear war, and now they're constantly scared that you know they're going to get bombed. Those are real, real, real threats, which is still a real threat. It's probably everyone's desensitized to it, right? And even then, you know, the idea of, of the dictator coming and, and taking over, I Hitler and the Nazis are are a story to us in history. And the last of the folks that lived through it and fought against it, they're they're passing away. Like the last few over the next few years will be gone and we will no longer have outside of video firsthand account of, you know, probably some of the darkest days of humanity. Right. Uh, And. I think this episode does a really good job of. Highlighting the actual threat and the fear of a madman taking over the entire world. Um, and I, 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 and it's not, again, it's not the only episode where they deal with this. They do it a few times. There's another one with the guy from, uh, the glasses episode, um, Mm -hmm. Burgess Meredith, where, uh, similar dictatorship, very George Orwell, 1984. Um, you know, and he, he is, he is being put to death by the death penalty for, you know, reading and having, that's funny i didn't even correlate that it's reading again uh for (laughs) reading and um you know having materials that like the bible and books like that that the state has deemed um inappropriate right or against against the the message that they're pushing so um i would definitely if you're diving into this with us go the journey and watch all of them i do it every year because there's a lot of good messages in that but this is a reoccurring theme and I'm, I'm I love having these conversations because it's crazy to me how 60 years later, it's still completely relevant to right. where we're at in, in, as, as a race. So um, that was a nightmare. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the next one. That was the eye of the beholder. Eye of the beholder is um, one of the highest rated episodes in television history. And that's the, what is that? The third time I've said that. <laughs> since these first few episodes uh jeez yeah yeah it's it's impressive it's impressive um and uh very cool i i the whole direction that that the shit that the episode took was just awesome and it's 19 minutes before you see someone's face i just looked yeah the but you're captivated the entire time oh yeah he's got you by the balls you're like what's next what's gonna happen what is this place that i'm in right now Without ever seeing someone's face, just it dialogue, really. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, looking at that and and uh, it was awesome. 
Uh, the next one is one that stars William Shatner. It's I think it's one of two that stars William Shatner. Um, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. This is, again, one of the most popular episodes of The Twilight Zone. I think it's one that everyone remembers from kids when they were kids. And um, the one that's quoted most with Bill Shatner's cadence of his voice going, there's something on the wing. There's uh, something on the wing. wing. Some thing. And uh, this one is a 9.1 on IMDb, also rated one of the um, most popular episodes of all time. This one is also the only episode that's been remade. Uh, it was remade in the Twilight Zone movie in 1983, and I believe Jordan Peele is remaking it or has remade it. I haven't watched the new one, so forgive me on this. That would be uh, cool to watch. For the new Twilight Zone. Um, that would be really cool. Yeah, so I if he does you know remake who he's it, he's married to. No, who? Um, what's her face from Brooklyn Nine Nine? The crazy one. I've never seen Brooklyn Nine Nine. You've ne- it's in my list. He is married to. I'm just gonna put Jordan Peele wife. Jordan Peele wife. Chelsea Peretti. Yes, Chelsea Peretti. Oh yeah, look at that. I know who she is. I've seen her in other stuff. Um, so this one, well, let me ask you a question because plenty of people have seen it again. We're not like going through the episode. Is Uh he crazy or is there something out there? I, (laughs) so (laughs) go straight for the throat. (laughs) Well, okay. They made a point to say he was in the war, right? Yes. So were they trying to. I think he was trying to depict the mental effects that combat could have on someone. So maybe PTSD before it was understood to be PTSD, but but envisioned through hallucinations, right? Right, but the engine's torn up at the end. Was the engine torn up and that was how he saw it being torn up? Or was there really a gremlin on the fucking wing ripping it apart? No one has been able to answer this question appropriately for 60 years. Well, the question is, which came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> That's the question. I bu- so I believe that he sees something. I, I truly do. And the reason I do is because Twilight Zone loves to twist the script on you. I was going to say, so if you believe he's really seeing something, then that means... There's so many episodes of Twilight Zone where someone gets transported to a place or a time or goes somewhere and no one ever believes them. Uh, No one. I just watched one where a guy wakes up in his house, in his bed with his wife. And um, which, by the way, was one of the first times in television history that a man and a woman were pictured in the same bed. Um, Scandalous. I know. And he's also fully clothed and above the covers. So Rod knew how to skirt Were that they one. Sleeping in separate sacks. <laughs> no, he's supposed to be hung over from a party they had the night before and passed out on top of the covers. So they're allowed to party, but God forbid they sleep in the same bed. Yeah, no, you definitely don't have sex after a party. Um, Rudes. So, uh, yeah, he, he's there and he wakes up and no one knows who he is. He's in his house. He's just a stranger with his house. wife. His wife has no idea who he is. And then he goes to work. There's someone else at his desk. It's like he never existed. And 
you know, he ends up in a mental institution and all this. I won't give the whole thing away, but oh, Rod loves that stuff because he's there. So he exists. But why doesn't he exist or anything he's done prior exist where he is now? And that's not the only time they do that. They mess with that. So that is why I think he actually does see something. But the fact that no one else sees it means, OK, he's going crazy. You so know, he's, he's not crazy. It. He this, literally this... just gets back from some sort of mental treatment. Um, and that's why that's where he's flying. He's flying home from that. But I think you're right. I think it it does delve into the idea that PTSD was a thing before PTSD was even diagnosed to be a problem. Right. That's what I, I immediately thought. That's what they were. That's what he was trying to. To show. But they do go out of their way at the end to show that the engine is ripped apart. So either the engine malfunctioned and that was his brain's way of or, gathering yeah, or, that information. Well, that's right. But so t- as typical, if a car backfires, it sounds very similar to a gunfire or explosion, right? Yes. So you really can't tell the difference, but there is a difference. You know that this is one and this is the other. However, it's very easily mistaken. Right? Yep. So... Him seeing that the engine's damaged, yes, it's damaged. His interpretation of the damage is different from the other interpretation. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know. I I would say it's the visual representation of what someone suffering from PTSD would go through. Could go through. Okay. I like that, too. Because the misinterpretation of something while in his mind is very real, which in this case is the gremlin, Mm -hmm. is actually something else. Still real, but interpreted differently. So just just background on that, too, and this plays into what you said about him being a veteran. Um, The Air Force during World War II, there was, I guess you'd call it rumors, that there were, like, little gremlin monsters looney tunes actually makes fun of it you'd recognize the looney tunes character because they did uh they brought this little guy in based on this idea and these little gremlins would screw with the planes like mess with the engines I know exactly and stuff. what you're talking about yeah so um that was that's actually a con that's a that is a real life thing i don't want to say fear because again this is 20 15 20 years after all that but um it's it's pretty they're, they're definitely playing into that and 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 you know, it's not just taken out of thin air. Yeah, he's even got a little, he's got a blue hood. He's got little, uh, little wings for ears, little like airplane wings for ears. So the guy who wrote the story, Richard Matheson, said he loved everything except the gremlin. And he wanted it to be much creepier, darker, uh, and almost like this weird translucent humanoid. But Rod's team and the team at Twilight Zone couldn't make that given the technology they had then. So I'd be curious if Jordan Peele, I'm not seeing it on his list, so maybe I read that he was remaking it for season three. If he remakes it, I wonder if he would follow that instead of the original. Because the gremlin they used was very Bigfoot. Yeah, and it, you know, to us now it's comical. To them back then it was like crazy special effects. Like, oh my right. God, that's incredible. That's to us now we're like, no, that's cute. Um, it's like something you dress your kid up for Halloween. Right. Uh, <laughs> But again, you have to t- when you sit down and watch a show, the best way to do it is to take it into consideration when it was made. Um, but uh, uh, I'd be interested to see a modern version of that monster more based on the vision that the writer had. 
uh, I think maybe that could actually in intensify how terrifying it is. Also, you know, you'd have to take into account the new FAA regulations, the idea that 9-11 has happened if you're going to modernize it. You know, there's all sorts oh, of things. Because think about it. Post 9-11 flying and a man's having a hysterical... Oh, forget about 9-11, COVID even. If you played into that, like a man having a mental breakdown on a plane, you could have a ball with that oh. given the current federal regulations for flying. Um, uh, clarification. He takes the air marshal's pistol. Yes. And starts shooting. Yes. Towards the gremlin. The damn window. <laughs> yes. Pops the window out and starts shooting. Could it be the damage was actually just caused by his bullets? Could be, but that was a lot of damage. Okay, fair. But so I'm still it could have go started with my, my the previous. damage and then, you know, broken off into bigger pieces. We could theorize right. on that. I'm just trying to, I am. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. This episode's good. There's not really many Easter eggs. It's more like Hollywood style Easter eggs and people that were in it and things that happened on set. Right. Um, the show is pretty, the episode's pretty straightforward, I should say. Um, and that I liked it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really good. It's you, you've, you've watched four of the best episodes in the entire show so far. It makes me excited to see the, the current version now. I've heard mixed reactions. The only reason I haven't watched it is because it's on CBS's streaming service and I refuse to get another streaming service. What's their streaming service called? I don't know. CBS dick shit or something. I can care less. I'm so sick of dick shits. Yeah, seriously. Um, the next two that we're going to watch again, if you missed it earlier, it's a good life season three, episode eight and to serve man season three, episode 24. It's a good life is mega creepy. Um, <laughs> it's about a kid that can do crazy shit with his mind. Um, and to serve man is a very deceptive uh, mankind meeting aliens for the first time scenario. Mm. Um, so it's cool. And it's also a classic. It's one of the most popular ever. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's where we're at with Twilight Zone. You playing anything? Doing anything outside of uh, that? I quit New World. Yeah, dude. So... Did you see the whole deflation argument? What the one Rob said? I didn't see the argument. I saw the problem of the gold. When I say the argument, gold yeah, I, I, mean, issue. I mean the realization. Yeah, I saw what was that you or Rob that sent that yesterday? Rob sent it. Yeah, uh, but I thought he also sent something about like people duping shit. They're duping gold, duping gold, and maxing yes. out characters on gold, which we which we knew was gonna ha like you knew these glitches were gonna come. I am. I am. Shocked and not shocked that the game is this broken. I'm, you know, part of me is like, oh, my God, I can't believe uh, it. And the other half of me is like, are you shocked? Really? So I'm not I'm not shocked. However. It definitely shows. I don't want to speak because I don't know the whole team that was involved, but it appears as though the team did not do enough research into the economy of MMOs. I saw a really good quote yesterday. I don't know where it was on Twitter, so I apologize for not citing whoever wrote it, but it said, I don't think New World's dev team was ready for MMO players to play the game. Yes, and it feels like that. Yeah. It could also be explained by the fact they never intended this to be a PvE game. Yeah. 
They intended this to be a PvP game. So when they pivoted, I, I, I just, I don't know, maybe that entire mindset to come over or yeah, they just weren't prepared for the actual PvP or the actual MMO player to play an MMO. It's causing major issues. And on top of that, again, everyone's question mark with this was Endgame. And I hate to say that there's a content drought already, Mm -hmm. but what is there to do besides faction fetch quests? And that's what got boring. There's like, you know, there is a story. It's one quest line, but I don't feel attached to it. I'm not really interested in the world. Um, most of the areas look identical. I know that does change. And as you get up to higher levels, there's some cooler stuff. But at this point, I just don't have, I don't have the want to continue. Um, mm. PVP is broken in end game. So chat is literally just people bitching about that. Um, and then All I see no one I know is playing it anymore. Or no, I should say no one I know is playing it at the pace I am. Everyone's like maxed out in game PvP, and that's just yeah. see, not what I'm, I'm playing it at the pace you're at. Yep. Um, and and all I'm seeing is obviously a race to max, mm-hmm. which I can't fault any because I mean look look at wow, it's also a race to max. Like get to yeah. max and, and play. Um, actually, any MMO you want to get to end game, right? Because that's where the game really starts. So it's not it's it's any game, but yeah, all I'm seeing is just you know, this is the OP meta breaking build. Yeah, go with this go, then that's it. That's it. So get to your build and and wreck face against everyone playing the same build. Yeah. I that's just not and uh, even then when you get to the wreck face point you know our buddy Nell host of uh, regular season on rare drop sports he freaking he has a video of everyone not being able to move but all the particle effects are happening around everyone so people are still casting and whatnot but no one can move and I don't know it's like if you're gonna build a game that is built around pvp or open world pvp I should say then you need to be prepared for massive amounts of people um, fighting in these wars. You called them wars, for God's sake, you know? They do. They call them wars. And this is something they wanted, like, they heavily wanted to integrate streaming services. They they heavily wanted to integrate Twitch. I think that New World's dev plan was to get new people interested in MMOs and to also try and sate the the hardcore MMO person and I think they failed miserably on the getting new people interested in MMOs they did they also relied on they also relied on a niche niche player base within MMOs within MMOs it is predominantly PvE players yeah, yeah, I mean that's right. why Final Fantasy is so popular. And the PvP players are a small subset. Like even in WoW, you can't tell me that the PvP players are even close to the amount of numbers that the PvE players are. I'd say it's like 65-70 versus 30-35 in favor of PvE. All right. And the hardcore I'm talking the people like people that are peak, there for PvP. Peak WoW. 
like when a new stuff comes out and people are interested i'm not talking about i think i think the life cycle of pve has way more um yeah length so they, they took that small percentage that was that are hardcore pvpers like I barely touch toes in PvE content unless it's absolutely necessary for me to be the best I can be in PvP. Those right. people. Right. And they counted on that player base to make up their massive player base for their game. I don't know. It just seems like a myth. Like, that's a miss, bro. Yeah, I agree. Not when you already have established. Like, wow. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just think they were going for something that already had a small market. And and I don't know. They were trying to capitalize on something that really wasn't being asked for. Like, what was this? Was this like your middle ground between a battle royale and an MMO? Yeah. I, I don't get it. Yeah, again, I think they just kind of spread themselves thin on who they were appealing to, and I think it it's slowly backfiring. I know people are committed and trying to see it through and yeah, whatnot. Well, it could but. it could it could be turned around. Like there's there's a lot of cool concepts here. The the constant upgrading of, you know, towns and stuff. That's a cool concept. That shows like the livelihood, like the game living. And progressing even when you're not there. Right. That, that's cool. They really need to focus on what exactly it is they want the game. And I feel like we've said this a hundred times, whether it's been on here or in our own chats. They really need to figure out what it is they're do- they want the game to do. Right. And it still doesn't feel like it's there. It's like they tried to save it. They shoehorned in this, this small PvE content. And it's just not. It's just not satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. I um I I've been playing obviously my sports games, but we don't talk about those here. But um uh Far Cry has been what I've been playing. Uh and I feel like if I'm gonna scratch the MMO itch, I'll probably play uh Swotor again. Um Wow is just sorry. Sorry. I, Wow's not doing anything to appeal to me anymore. Um, you know my uh my my identity was stolen. On Wow and no, no, no. My card was stolen again. Oh. So I had to cancel my card, which ended up canceling all my subs. And I just haven't felt the damn need to resub to WoW. Yeah, no, I'm 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 not feeling it. You know, I might dive and, into N Walker for Final Fantasy, but I think for now I'm just yeah. gonna kinda Star Wars and it look, up. Whatever however you feel about Blizz and what's going on, I get it. I support each individual and their however they choose to combat i i there's still blizzard games that i enjoy and i bought d2r i very much don't don't which i don't really like by the way rob was right um i get why people like it but i don't think it translated well to the modern era of gaming um uh i am very much of the mind of not punishing everyone at blizzard same um, so I will still purchase games and whatnot, but really my my want my want to not play WoW is it's from a game perspective. Yeah, I mean they they have not been catering to the casual player at the moment um, to an extent, you know. 
Rob argued with me when I said that Wrath of Lich King was the best time because you do your regular dungeons, your dungeons would turn into heroics, your heroics turned into raids, and then your raids turned into hard mode raids. They said that was the most linear, sense sensible path to getting gear of different types that they ever did. And he was like, no, you know, the game's more casual friendly than it's ever been, blah, blah, blah. And I said, bullshit, because um, back then it could take you, you know, six to eight weeks to get a full set if you were playing hardcore. But if you wanted it to take 12 to 24, you could do that as well because you could play it a bit slower. And people were always willing to run shit with you in, in that time in the guild and whatnot. That was also when they in, introduced Dungeon Finder. So you could gra grab a pug real quick with no problems. Um, but I think they've gone so far from that concept with all this convoluted, like, this is how you may take the next step, and this is how you take the next step. And at some point, it's like, change the scenery and give us what we want and what works, um, and stop trying to reinvent the wheel with all these like crazy, convoluted, terrible systems, in my opinion, that constantly well, seem yeah, broken or not working. I can't speak to... I can't speak to... This is going to sound bad. I came in in BFA is when I started playing. Mm -hmm. So I can't speak to anything before that. But holy shit, dude. System on system on system on system on system. Right. It gets too for for someone that, that is leveling slowly and just trying to enjoy the game at their pace. It sucks. It literally the, the, sucks. The 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 layering of systems is is egregious. It yeah. is it is bad. But that, I, I mean how does that sound though? What I said to you, like you finish up questing, you hit max level, your next job is to do dungeons until you get enough gear to a gear score to do heroics. And then when you do heroics, you get your gear score to a point where you can start doing the entry level raids, the first few raids. Mm -hmm. And then your raid gear builds up and you can start going to the harder raids. Mm -hmm. And then let's say you down Arthas, you've done all the raids. Well, now you want to go back and do the hard modes and, you know, with, work with your guild on those um, and whatnot. That's, that's how 14 does it. That's it. That's the formula. That's what everyone wants out of an MMO, not all these other crazy systems. I know the fans will sit here and go, oh, but you know, we should be doing new... I don't think so. I think you should just change the scenery, introduce maybe some some cool... Like, I liked the um, the necklace. Was it the necklace we had in BFA? The Heart of Azeroth? Yeah, where you had to up, upgrade it and, you know, mm -hmm. Azeroth. I think necklace. that was a fun system that would work in a world where that works. Um uh, L Lotro does it. They actually just broke it hilariously. They did legendary weapons where, you know, you'd have uh, first age, second age, and third age, and first age being the strongest because they were the oldest. Um, and, you know, you'd level up those weapons and you'd socket them and you'd put, you know, stats on them that you wanted to to improve on them. That stuff's great. Keep that. But your 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 linear path to leveling, no matter what it takes, shouldn't have ever changed, and it did, and the game sucks now because of it. I'll just be plain about that. That's how 14 handles it 14 player base I, I they i would have to say on as on a whole they it's enjoyed it's liked yeah There's, i i do want to get to max level there so i can see that in action and you know and walk will probably it, be that time you know what and <sighs> there's something to be said so you can pretty much it's to a point now where they can kind of tell like, okay, we're in, you know, patch, we're coming up to 6.0, right? So you'll start seeing videos come out like, okay, 6.3 is coming up. This is kind of what we can expect to drop. We can expect, you know, this many dungeons. We can expect a raid tier of this kind. We can expect, you know, 
uh, a, a new deep dungeon, 200 plus floors of a tower, um, stuff like that, right? So you can kind of guesstimate based on the years past what would be coming. But they don't have this issue with, well, now you're going to have a cloak. But before you had a, a necklace, the necklace doesn't really matter, but you have to power up the necklace to get the cloak. And then you use the cloak. And then we're going to add this other system called Visions. And you're going to have to get these masks. And with these masks, different tiers. And with different tiers, you get this. It's like, what? This, it, they don't have that, that issue just isn't there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. I, I, so. Look, Rob. He's, he didn't, he's not shitting on 14, but all of a sudden now he's not interested in it for X, Y, and Z. Well, you're not interested in it because you are still interested in classic, and I get that. But it's not that it's... He's entering the best parts of the game, so it's not that it's a slog anymore. The story is as good as it's ever... Like, Heaven's Word's one of the best storylines, and it just gets better from there. So if you're not interested in it because you don't... You're more interested in other games, like I said the other day, that's fine. But you have huge personalities like Belular, like Preach, like Asmin, like Rich, like Tally. Aside from Quinn, who, I mean, that's all, that was a boost and he had no idea what he was doing. That was on him. It wasn't on the game. Have you heard or seen anyone come out and not just absolutely fall in love with it? No, I've never, I've actually never heard someone say, I've heard people say what I said, which is like, this game isn't for me because the aesthetic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, after playing it, uh, there is a level that you hit where you're like, I could put the aesthetic aside. This is fun. Um, the last video Preach put out, he said, I, I, this is this is going to be said every time because I don't want to gush over the game for every video. The UI is antiquated. It feels outdated and it looks old. Yeah. But your eyes get so used to it as you're playing the game, you forget about it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, you know, it's it's the opposite reasons that I like SWOTOR are the reasons I like Final Fantasy. But uh, it's all these major forever longtime WoW players who didn't play 14 specifically because it, it's his its reputation as weeb. Um, are like, I've been missing out. Yeah. And I feel like an idiot. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I I'm with you. Um, before we run out of time, though, I want to touch on one more thing because this was just announced today. Grand Theft Auto Trilogy Definitive Edition, mm. uh, San Andreas, Vice City, and uh, is it GTA 3? GTA 3 is the one in Liberty City, right? Or I, Nico? I, I don't I don't know if I'm ready for that. Uh, well, it's a remaster, so the games aren't remade from what I can see here, but they definitely like improved the graphics and, you know, paid attention to the backgrounds and stuff. Here's the kicker, Mike, and this might be the one for me and I want to see it before I buy it. Uh, it's on switch. What? Oh, November 11th, PS five, Xbox series, XS switch, PS four, Xbox one and rockstar launcher. Is it? online on switch doesn't say we're gonna have to hold kevin i'm waiting for gta 6 before i ever play online again because playing catch up in that game is just the opposite of fun uh that's fair uh and the stories are so good and you know it's again rockstar is really good at having hundreds hour 100 hour story and good online Um, did you 
check out the new Mario Party. I did not check it out. I just saw what you said. Um, very interesting. So is it a, a straight remake of the old one? Just modern graphics? Pretty much. Love that. Love that. And it's immediately online. How are you liking that switch? I love it. Yeah, I love it. So <laughs> I got I, I got the OLED. All right. Just so everyone knows. I had the launch day switch version, the gen one, the one that could be unlocked, right? Just to be clear, the, what you're really purchasing is a couple minor tweaks for the OLED, but you're really purchasing the screen, right? It's a little bit of a bigger screen. It's a seven inch display, I think, but here's, here's the deal. If you have a day one launch edition, there's a couple things in that that so like uh, the exhaust ports can get pretty brittle and they can break, right? Uh, the kickstand is kind of lackluster. It works, but it's lackluster. Um, the screen is what it is. The dock is what it is. It just feels very, it feels day one, right? So I traded my in. I got a really good deal for the trade in. And I paid like a little over $100 for the OLED is what I ended up paying. So I look at it, I got $100 for a better screen, new Joy-Cons, better kickstand, and a new dock. Seems like a good deal. I'm, I'm going to try and swap mine this weekend if I can. I'm loving it. Dude, I brought it in just the way I am. There's, a, there's this cabinet right here behind me, if you can see that. This cabinet right here? Mm-hmm. Dude, so... I keep all my boxes and all my gear mm-hmm. in, in here. Yep. That's where my switch box was. I broke that bad boy out. I had all the plastic wrappings. I in have there. it too. I have yep. mine. And he, he looked at it and he goes, is this brand new? Cause this is a launch. I said, yeah, He goes, it's not red. I can see that. Will so my, opens it up. He goes, everything's fucking in the wrap. I said, I know, dude, I take care of my shit. <laughs> yeah, that's me too. I gave Max my old laptop because I got a new one. I got a razor blade. And uh, he was like, you still have the plastic for it? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Everything. Always. Um, and Allie makes fun of me. Can I still use my dock and my um, my paddle, my controller, like the, I don't know what they're called, the, the controllers that slide into the side with the OLED? Everything's the same. You get, so I got the white version. Mm-hmm. So... The new dock is way better. So I can't use my old dock? Well, so when you trade in, you have to trade everything in. Okay, so I have two docks, so I have to get rid of both of them? No, no, no. Whatever came... So what came in your original box was one dock, the Joy-Cons, the Joy-Con extension paddles that go on, the cables, and the switch. Okay. That's it. I don't think I had a dock in my box. I think I bought mine separately. You, you, got, you got the pre-order? Mm, no, I think I waited online for mine. It should have come with a dock. I think I bought mine separately. I could have sworn I did anyway. Oh, well, I'll figure it out. I'll look, in, so I'll look on the box when I get home. The, the new version, the OLED version, mm-hmm. comes with a LAN port. Oh, thank God. See, I have one on on the dock. I have two docks that I bought, and I have one of them has, has the land port. So Yeah, so trade the other one in. All right, I'll bring the dock, too. And it came it, with the dock? 
It came. It comes with the dock. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, that's going to be my task this weekend, aside from watching Dune and hanging out with George. I know I lead a rough life. When is when is Mario Party coming out? I think I it's know, the 29th. Huh? I said you tell me the 29th. Oh, that's soon. I think it's the 29th. Like next week soon. Mm-hmm. You should play that. I like that. Mario Party Superstars launches... The 29th. All right. Well, count me in. Do a game night. I'll actually be at Rob's house that weekend. Oh, no, the following weekend. Um, I was going to say we should play from Rob's house. We'll do a remote session. I'm down. Um, well, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us uh, on this nice journey through Castlevania, Twilight Zone, New Worlds, MMOs, and Nintendo Switches. Uh, we'll see you next week when we're going to talk about Dune. Uh, in the week after that, we'll uh, bring Squid Game in. More Twilight Zone next week as well. But uh, you have yourselves a fantastic week till we talk to you again. And uh, we'll catch up with you then. Remember to head over to kingscoastcoffee.com. Get those orders in before the holidays if you want to get that coffee under the tree. Have a good one. Later. Later.